Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, the founder of Influencer Marketing and Branded Content Agency, Hollywood Branded. This podcast provides brand marketers a learning platform for top experts to share their insights and knowledge on topics which make a direct impact on your business today. While it is impossible to be well-versed on every topic and strategy that can improve bottom line results, my goal is to help you avoid making costly mistakes of time, energy, or money, whether you are doing a DIY approach or hiring an expert to help. Let's begin today's discussion. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacy Jones. I'm so happy to be here with you all today. I want to give a very warm welcome to our guest, Sarah Santa Croce, a LinkedIn consultant and strategist who founded the Gentle Business Revolution Movement, and she hosts a podcast with the same name. Sarah has coached over 1,900 entrepreneurs, helping them position themselves as experts on LinkedIn to attract clients with ease. She's known for helping fellow introverts market their business with authenticity and without anxiety to generate sales and make a difference. Today, we're going to tap into Sarah's LinkedIn expertise to debunk a few myths about the platform and hear tips to improve your profile and engagement. We'll learn what has worked from Sarah's experience, what could be avoided, and how some entrepreneurs and marketers are missing major opportunities by not using LinkedIn. Sarah, welcome. So happy to have you here today. Thanks so much for having me, Stacey. It's a pleasure. Well, before we started this whole podcast interview, I said, oh, so you are a LinkedIn expert. Can you, and, and you said, no, no, I'm not an expert. I, you know, I know a lot about this, but you are, this is what you are. You have an expertise in LinkedIn. Can you tell us a little bit more about what and how you got to where you are today? Mm-hmm. All right. So I started, actually, I was over where you are uh, in California uh, because my husband uh, got a job transfer back in 2006. And so I had to resign from my day job and, you know, move kids and house and everything over there. And after about a year or so, once the kids were settled at school, I'm like, so what am I doing now? (laughs) You know, I wasn't the typical stay-at-home mom that just didn't fit my personality. And so I started my own business and going into social media in general. And that was kind of back then, that was the big buzz and everybody was talking about it. And so I went into, you know, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn back then, those were the main three. And, um, you know, slowly as entrepreneurs, as you probably know, we keep pivoting, we keep adapting to the market. And so eventually after coming back to Switzerland in 2010, I then specialized, started specializing on LinkedIn because I saw a need for the type of clients that I wanted to work with. That was the first thing. And actually, I only realized after a few years that it also had to do with my introversion because LinkedIn is a very good platform actually for introverts because uh, we don't need to constantly share about our personal life so much as we do maybe on Facebook or Instagram. So it was mainly a business choice, but in the end, I realized it might have been also a personal choice. (laughs) Well, a lot of our listeners may be surprised that you have crafted an entire business about helping people with LinkedIn, because I know that a lot of people kind of don't take LinkedIn as seriously as maybe they should. Can you share why it's such an important platform for people? 
Right. And I totally agree with you. And I would say it has evolved also over the years. Like um, right now, since Gary Vaynerchuk is talking about LinkedIn so much and there's, you know, kind of other people who are like, oh, LinkedIn is actually maybe, you know, something to pay attention to. It's gotten a bit more attention, but yeah two, three years ago, or, you know, even uh, earlier than that, people were like, really, LinkedIn, that's not even part of the social platforms. But it definitely is for, um, you know, depends always, we're always looking at your ideal clients, but for anybody who's in the service business, so who works with other um, service providers, who works with corporate decision makers, is definitely a platform to pay attention to, because that's where people are in the business mindset and they make business decisions compared to, you know, Facebook or Instagram where yes, obviously it's, it's good to have a, a presence and, and, and create awareness, but it's not necessarily where people make the business decisions. How should people be approaching LinkedIn? If you are, you know, a marketer or an entrepreneur what should your interactions be? How should you be leveraging LinkedIn? How should you be figuring out what to do with it? Mm -hmm. um, the mistake I always uh, see people make or the assumption that they make is that LinkedIn is the platform for professionals and corporates, right? Mm -hmm. And so they think, oh, so we got to show up as a, a company on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And so they are trying to put up this company presence and then thinking, oh, we are talking to other companies. But if you think about it, who makes up companies, it's still people who make up the companies. And that's the amazing thing on LinkedIn. You have, you know, the CEO of the company uh, who's actually uh, managing his own LinkedIn profile, his mm -hmm. own LinkedIn account, where on Facebook or uh, Instagram, well, somebody in the team is managing that for him. Where on LinkedIn, he's much more attached to having his own network, and therefore he is the one who's seeing, you know, the the, the newsfeed go by, mm -hmm. and so it's that mindset switch of thinking, um, of not thinking anymore. I'm addressing companies, but I'm talking to people, and mm -hmm. so uh, really understanding that it's all about the human connection and building relationships, and so that's where the power of LinkedIn is. Is it's less about building awareness. It's that's still part of it, but a lot of it is has to do with building these relationships with people. When you first start working with someone, what's the first step you take with LinkedIn and their profile and to get them to start amping it up? Yeah, so it's always the, the profile, even though most people say, no, no, my LinkedIn profile is fine. And, you know, I worked on it. And, and then when we look at it, um, I'm like, well, yeah, let's, let's pay attention to this because it really, I often refer to it as a mini website or as your sales team. Um, it's much more complex than your Facebook page, for example, because it really shows, you know, your, it's, it's there to add credibility. It's your authority uh, piece where people can see your whole whole uh, history and what you've done. And, and so it's um, to, like to, to create someone's profile, it takes me a good eight to 10 hours. So it's really worth investing the time to build that personal brand on the profile. So that's usually what we work on first. And some people, they also come to me and they have a profile in the third person, because that's kind of what we did in the past, right? Um, and it just, that's, 
not how we can build human connections. Um, if you, uh, if I read your profile, it's in the third person. It kind of gives me this distance and I don't feel like I'm really connecting with you. So sometimes we have to kind of reframe it and, and write it in the first person. So that's always the first thing. And, and there's different sections in the profile that are important. The first one, for example, is the headline where a lot of entrepreneurs make the mistake of not really using that space. So they have something like, like owner and then the name of their company or founder in the name of the company. Um, the problem with that is there's, you know, too many nice. <laughs> people who are using exactly the same title. And at this stage, we don't really care about the name of your company. Probably if I'd asked, you know, my clients, nobody really knows the registered name of the company. They don't care. And so it's really about using that headline, uh, you know, effectively and describing what it is you do and what you're skilled at rather than just using something like founder or, or project manager, if you're, you know, in a, in a, in a job, for example. So really going into more specifics and using keywords in that section. And really LinkedIn is more like an interactive resume almost for you, for your profile, right? Because you're going back in your job history and you're listing those jobs. And I don't even know, you can tell us how far back you should go, but mm -hmm. you're also bringing in, you know, articles that you've written, you're bringing in content you've written so that people can dive in and learn more about you straight from that profile page, right? Exactly. So that's why it's like a mini website because it's, it's really like you could probably, I mean, nowadays, of course, it makes sense for everybody to have a website, but I've had clients that were, you know, towards the end of their career and they're like, I have, you know, a big reputation. I have a big, big network on LinkedIn. I don't need a website. I'm like, yeah, you don't, I guess, because, you know, you have the authority already. You can just use the, 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 the LinkedIn profile. So, so yeah, it's, it's all in there. And to answer your question about, you know, how far back should you go? It's interesting because I work with a lot of coaches or consultants who are maybe in their um, second career, right? They, they left corporate America and they're like, I'm going to be a coach, a consultant. And so it, oftentimes maybe also because they had a bad experience before they're like oh i don't want to even mention that past life anymore but i always tell them that our past also defines us it, i mean these past experiences are also what you're bringing to the table you just need to reframe it so um you know if you've worked in um like a hospital for example but you don't really want to mention that well just reframe it and rewrite that text so uh, what comes out is the fact that you're caring for people and that you have a lot of empathy so it's it's really not um up to um like LinkedIn gives us this template and we feel like we have to put in a job description, but we don't, we can make up the text. And so rather than just saying, you know, I was a nurse and I, you know, this is my job description, use that free text so that people understand why you're doing what you're doing today. Because otherwise, if I come to you and you're now uh, an executive coach in your past life, you were a chef. I'm like, I don't get it. Like, how, what happened here? And so you can actually explain that in your LinkedIn profile and just use free text to, to answer these questions. 
Yeah, we're dealing with that ourselves right now. My husband recently joined Hollywood Branded, my agency, mm-hmm. and he has 26 years of being a educational administrator. So a principal and, you know, a teacher and all of these wonderful, great things, which actually the reason why he's coming over to Hollywood Branded or has come over was because of his administration, his operations. He's now our COO. So he's able right. to deal with people and help and organize and make sure people are on track. And so all of that, it's a good example example of you may have something that transitions entirely, but if we have clients who are looking at, they're like, hmm, education, how does that go over into an advertising agency now? (laughs) And so there is some, excuse me, some, I'm going to have some water. (laughs) Yeah. There is some need to recraft and retool in order to create that persona and explain it to people. Exactly. It's all about highlighting the transferable skills because he has gotten these skills in his past that he's now transferring to this new role. Right. So it's, it's a very interesting world. So after you have done the profile, right. where do you go next? Right. So usually we look at their network because as you know, on LinkedIn, it's all about building a network of connections. And depending on how active or engaged this person has been in the past, well, they're either starting out with a very small network or with a bigger network. And if it's a small network, I try to get them as fast as possible to a certain um, number. Usually it's 500 just because on LinkedIn, after 500, uh, it's kind of this milestone where it says, you know, 500 plus connections. And you're just kind of taken more seriously uh, on LinkedIn. It's, it's funny because I usually always say it's not about the numbers, it's about the quality. But in this case, up till 500, it's almost a bit about the numbers. Um, Oftentimes, people also have the wrong kind of connections, right? They might have a big network, and sometimes it happens that people come to me and they have worked with someone before to just get leads, right? Pay someone, get me 100 leads per day. What they don't realize is is you can have, you know, a huge network, but if it's all the wrong connections, because you know, just added leads randomly, then that size doesn't really matter because you're still not going to be selling uh, what you're trying to sell. So it's all about um, finding the right kind of connections. And that's what I help my clients do with LinkedIn, because LinkedIn is really a database that was built originally for recruiters to help them find their ideal candidates for jobs. And so all we're doing is we're using LinkedIn to help to find our ideal clients. And so that obviously then um, brings up a conversation about who is your ideal client. And often we realize that, well, that's where they're already stuck. So we need to kind of go into that and say, okay, yeah, you need to really be clear who you're working with so that we can, you know, add those connections to your profile. Now, is there a time and place where you should be going through and culling and getting rid of connections? Because I've heard that there's actually a maximum number of connections you can have on LinkedIn as well. Right. The the maximum is is quite high. It's somewhere in the 30,000 um, connections. That's when LinkedIn starts to get uh, a bit wonky sometimes. But um, 
Yeah, I think if you if you focus on quality rather than quantity, again, that's that's another indication that you're probably not doing it right if you're just adding random leads every day. Um, so most people need to focus more on adding uh, quality connections and not so much, you know, spending time on deleting connections because in the end, oftentimes with my uh, clients the work comes in from existing connections actually Mm -hmm. because of the no like and trust factor. It's just that they had them in their network, but this other person has forgotten. They have never seen any content from them. And so they're like, Oh, I don't know, you know, who this, like they just weren't aware that I was in their network. And so oftentimes the first mandates or work actually comes from existing connections. And how do you suggest going out and trying to mine or touch base and connect to explore getting work from those connections? Right. So it's a, it's a kind of a parallel strategy where on uh, one hand, obviously, yes, you're putting into, into place a content strategy where you're, you're being present, you're being visible, you're, you're being seen in this person's newsfeed so that they reconnect with the idea of you doing this work that you're doing, that you're being an expert at. And then on the other hand, you're using the LinkedIn Messenger to really um, connect with uh, these people and, and uh, maybe that the, the Messenger comes in the second place, first place would also be to be um, you know, connecting via updates, connecting via um, messages to posts that they had posted. So really what we're doing on any other social platform, except that here we're doing it um, really on a one-to-one basis. So um, yeah, that's what I would say to that. Okay. And when you're generating content, should it be more still imaging is or texts or articles or videos or what is the best mix to create the perfect algorithm, you know, in the terms of digital marketing to get that engagement that we're looking for? Right. So, so the LinkedIn user is really interested in depth. So they don't necessarily want the quotes or, um, you know, just the the kind of the short tips. They, they are interested in depth and they're interested in, yes, being inspired, but getting the why behind the inspiration. So not just an inspirational quote, but how does it fit into, like, where's the context to that quote? And so a lot of it is text posts. Um, We're no longer doing so much of the, you know, here's my blog post and then click back to to the blog post. That's just not working anymore because of the LinkedIn algorithm, Um, just like on Facebook and any other platform that they don't like to send people off to another site. Site. And so, um, yeah, text works well. Video can work if we're really keeping it short. Mm-hmm. And I like to encourage my clients to add um, a transcription because a lot of the people on LinkedIn, they are in a corporate environment or just mm-hmm. in a job. And so they you know, might not have a speaker or might not be allowed to use sound. So video can work for that. They're testing right now um, live videos. So that's also in the making. Um, I'm 
I'm not sure yet what to think of it. Uh, I think like everything, there will be probably a big rush that everybody is going to do live videos and then it'll die out again. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I don't know if I'm so onto that. So <laughs> I can't even handle Facebook Live and Instagram Live and listening to people prattle on about some really insignificant things going on in their life. So, thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, the, yeah, exactly. That we'll see how it goes on LinkedIn because it, it's still a more yeah. professional platform, right? So, if you, um, then again, it depends because the millennials really came over uh, a couple of years ago and they really uh, started engaging on LinkedIn. And on one hand, it's it's great because they really brought some fresh air and, you know, what's with this boring, sterile platform? Let's mm-hmm. shake things up a bit. And so that was uh, interesting to watch mm-hmm. that they really embraced the platform and kind of broke all the rules. They're like, oh, no, this is too sterile. Let's um, make it different. But at the same time, yeah, there was a lot of these, you know, videos of just walking around and (laughs) things like that. And so the old crowd is like, whoa, what's going on? So it was was just interesting how different generations use platforms differently. So there's definitely a lot of complaining, oh, it's turning into Facebook and Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and it's interesting when we get new hires on and our team members, even interns, like one of the first things I make them do is have a LinkedIn account if they don't have it. Like you need a LinkedIn account. You need to follow me. You need to follow the agency and your coworkers. And when we share content, we talk about it. You need to engage with us as well so that we can actually help you grow your platform. And they don't think about it that way. No. No, yeah, that's so interesting that you bring that up because whenever I go in companies for for trainings, um, it's often the marketing team that will bring me in. Uh, but then I say, well, okay, I, I'd love to you know work with you guys, but I need the other departments as yeah. well because uh, you can't do the job by yourself. Yeah. And ideally, it's even the you know the CEO in there. Because, yeah, people have this resistance of thinking, um, you know, why would I want to share updates? You know, this is my profile. This is personal. And, you know, this is the job and I'm separating these things. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's a win-win situation. This is for your personal brand. You're not just doing this for the employer. You're really also doing it for yourself. It helps you grow and puts you out there as an expert in this specific field. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's a lot of resistance to that still. Yeah, we don't use personal Facebook or Instagram accounts, but we do use personal LinkedIn accounts on business cards. Right. As an example. So everyone has their um, LinkedIn personal business card. And for all of you listeners listening, if you have a name, and I'm just giving you my little side advice, if you have a name like Stacy Jones and LinkedIn assigns you Stacy Jones 5437659777765543, go in and you can change that so that you actually have a normal LinkedIn name. Make sure you do that because we see people missing that all the time. That's my little sidebar. Yeah, that's such a simple thing. And yeah, most people don't think of it. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the next step that you do? How else do you work with people to craft and create this LinkedIn atmosphere that is going to help them grow? It's a lot about the content because that's where people mostly struggle with is Mm -hmm. like, well, what kind of content do I put out there that, um, you know, is, is, um, 
attractive, but also helps me build that trust and is not too salesy. And, and so a lot of the time we, we kind of spend some time to really craft those content types that work well. And they, the clients usually come from, you know, like maybe they have a blog or maybe they, um, have, they're usually active on Facebook and, 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 and other uh, of the, these platforms, and, and they're just completely lost when it comes to, to LinkedIn. So depending on, maybe let's start with the, with the kind of the smaller companies. Um, when I talk to a company, uh, like I said before, it usually involves all the different departments because the marketing de- department is just the one that's posting, but the interesting content actually comes from the different departments, mm-hmm. for example, research or publishing or yeah. whatever it might be. Uh, there needs to be a communication between the marketing department and the other departments, because otherwise the marketing department, what will they do? Well, they're just post quotes or, you know, what they're posting on, on Instagram. And that's not what the LinkedIn user is interested in. So uh, uh, that's where a lot of the the struggle actually is. It's like, okay, how do we um, improve the communication within the departments? So that's for the companies, for the entrepreneurs. It's it's more like, okay, how do I uh, create these uh, posts that are, um, you know, different from a blog post, but they're not just hey, here's my latest program. So it's a lot about um, storytelling and understanding how to tell a story um, about you know, past experiences, clients, whatever, in a concise way that demonstrates their expertise. And you mentioned blog posts. How mm-hmm. many people make mistakes of just taking their blog post and repasting it onto LinkedIn? Yeah, yeah, that's still very common or, or even worse, just, you know, pushing it out via Hootsuite and, and putting the same stuff everywhere. Um, that gets you zero visibility on, on LinkedIn and it gets zero engagement because people, that's not a novelty anymore. We, you know, everybody has a blog, so it's not like I want to actually go and click and the whole blog post. So I usually tell the clients, well, that's great. If you wrote a blog post, now tell me in this text update on LinkedIn, what the, what, what is the main message of this blog post? Uh, you, you, yes, if I'm really interested, I'll go over to the blog post, but your main goal is no longer to always bring people to your main site. That used to be the case, but today you are on LinkedIn and that's your job is to position yourself as an expert on the platform with the content that you're sharing there. It makes it seem like your job is now going to be your side hustle and your marketing of yourself on all these different platforms is your primary job out there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely a full-time job, right? It really is. Uh, It really is. Um, I I always um, say I'm very much for simplicity. And so a lot of my clients, they're, they're exactly, they're like that. They're overwhelmed and, and often they're overwhelmed because they think they have to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. And when we really look at their ideal client, we realize, well, you don't necessarily have to be everywhere anymore. Like focus in on the one platform that you know, your ideal client is on, mm-hmm. do a good job there and, you know, that's much better than doing a crappy job, but a little bit everywhere. Right. So, yeah. 
Okay. So what else should someone keep in mind? What, what I think is also often uh, underused is the LinkedIn Messenger. So mm -hmm. really using that opportunity, it's kind of like Voxer or WhatsApp to, to communicate with people one-to-one. -one. So I often will recommend some kind of, they, they actually uh, used to have, LinkedIn used to have this mini CRM where you could um, kind of keep track of the conversations you had. Unfortunately, they got rid of it or it's only with the sales navigator. Um, what, what I then do is, is tell them either to use a simple spreadsheet or um, have some kind of app. Um, I'm currently testing con uh, contact mapping um, where, you know, you put in a mess, uh, like an update and say, okay, I'm going to follow up with this person in two weeks from now, a, a month from now. So really keeping that, that conversation going and, and what people struggle with there is like, well, what do I tell them? Like, do I just ask them if they want to, you know, work with me? And, and so how I help my clients there is coming up with something that uh, is helpful, something that is of value. And, and yes, um, you know, we, pro we talk a lot about the eBooks or whatever mm -hmm. course, and it can be that, but sometimes it's just as simple as, giving them uh, some of your time, like, you know, uh, reviewing their LinkedIn profile or giving them a feedback on their headline or, or some, you have skills that you can offer. And so that's kind of where it starts as well. Right. And there's so many lead gen companies out there now. I know just pounding on people's doors on LinkedIn um, and some of the messaging can end up sounding very redundant. I think to the people who are receiving it. Oh yeah, I, we, I think I think these people don't realize that we're so much smarter than that, that they yeah. take us for. And it's like you can immediately tell when this person has either bought one of these lead generation programs uh, or is actually using someone to generate leads leads for them because you can just tell it's it's automated and it's you know it. it yeah, it just doesn't feel real. Um, right. it's, it's so funny, just uh, over the last few weeks, uh, I'm here in Europe, right? And all of a sudden I get all these German uh, people messaging me and, and, and they all kind of sound the same. I'm like, oh, there must be a German lead generation guru now <laughs> selling his program. So yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's not what we want to do. Um, we yeah. want to really just like, if we go to a networking event, what do we usually end up talking about? Um, well, um, you know, for example, where are you from? Okay, so we can look at the, this person's profile and see where they're from. Is there some kind of thing that we have in common with the person? Mm -hmm. um, let me give you an example. So this, this guy, um, he's based in Toronto. My in-laws are in Toronto. So we started to have a conversation about, you know, the fact that we both have, have Toronto in common. Yeah. So it, it's that kind of stuff that we talk about at networking events, not going straight to, you know, the sale or offering services or anything like that. Right. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And any other suggestions for our listeners on their LinkedIn profile, what they should be keeping in mind and how they're actually using LinkedIn? 
I, I think it really comes back what kind of what my bigger mission is, is to bring more empathy and kindness to the business world mm -hmm. and also bring the human connection back to marketing. And I think that's what LinkedIn was uh, lacking for so many years. And that's why people are like, I don't like it. I like Facebook much better is because it was so sterile and people behaved differently on LinkedIn than they behaved uh, on Facebook, for example. Mm -hmm. And, and, and not using that, that kind of human approach. And that's what people, that's what people are interested in. And that's also why, um, you know, it's really difficult that as an entrepreneur, I always get the question, for example, should you still, should you have a, a LinkedIn business page? Mm -hmm. um, and, and how do you use it then to, to market your business? Um, Yes, you should still have a LinkedIn business page because it looks more professional to have one, but that's not how you engage with people on LinkedIn. People are not interested in your business if you are a, an entrepreneur. They're they interested in connecting with you. And so really make sure that you bring that into your profile, you bring that into all of the updates that they can really tell who's behind this profile. That makes sense. Well, you have provided a ton of very valuable advice today for us. How can our listeners reach out to you? How can they get in touch? Yeah, they can connect with me on LinkedIn, of course. It's shocking. Like so shocking <laughs> right there, right? Yeah. And maybe I can add to customize the invitation. That's also something that now a bit more, but in the past, people never realized that that's even possible. So I always encourage to, to yeah, kind of add two lines on how you met or, or how you got connected. And so in this case, you would say that you uh, heard me on Stacy's podcast. And my yeah. website is sarahsendacroce.com. And I, I, I count on you to put that in the show notes because nobody will know how to spell it. <laughs> we will 100% put them in the show notes. Absolutely. And your last name actually is very beautiful. You're explaining what it means. You want to share what that yeah. means? Yeah. So it means Holy Cross in Italian, Santa Croce. It's very pretty. Thank you. Any other words of advice for our listeners on how they can really take this up for the next step that they should be taking on LinkedIn. Mm, yeah, it's, it's, it's really about also looking at your current connections and thinking, are these the people that I want my content, uh, like that I want them to see my content? Mm -hmm. Is that where, uh, is that maybe the reason why I never got anything out of LinkedIn? Because I, only recently understood that entrepreneurs thought that if they're on LinkedIn, everybody gets to see their content. Right. No, it's not. It's, it's an algorithm and only uh, people in your network see your content and maybe the second degree connections. So if someone uh, in your network comments, then their connections will also see your, your content. Oftentimes, um, yeah, the, I got this feedback saying, I, you know, I, I get no engagement. And when we dug a bit deeper, we realized, well, no wonder all your connections are in a corporate job and they don't have time to check LinkedIn or they're completely in a different area of business now. And so they're not interested in your content. So have a good look at your existing network and think, well, maybe that's where I need to start to kind of look at uh, what different connections to add to your network. And also groups. I mean, we didn't touch on that because that's something that you can do to expand your footprint, right? 
Right. Yeah. Groups. I have a love and hate relationship <laughs> with groups. Um, they are as, as much as I like them on Facebook, on LinkedIn, they're just not very user-friendly. Like LinkedIn is just not taking them, taking them seriously. And from a group owner perspective, they're horrible because we can't really do anything with them anymore. Mm -hmm. And from a user perspective, so participant of a group, they're interesting for, you know, finding ideal clients because they give us information about these ideal clients. So let's say I, uh, my ideal client are lawyers in Los Angeles. Well, if I find a group of lawyers in Los Angeles, I scored because now I have a, a giant list of right. profiles uh, who fit that description, right? So they're good from that perspective, but for engagement, they're, they're yeah, they're not very good. Okay. Well, that is good to know. <laughs> Well then, and then the other thing that we didn't really touch on is needing to touch. And I said that we we're wrapping up and now I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I wanted to talk to you about this. Wait, there's more. Uh, one of the things that I've been told and that I've been reading and maybe you can provide some more information on is it's not just important to be posting things. It's important to actually be going in and liking and commenting on what other people post. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so true. Um, I would say commenting, definitely. Liking, um, less so. Um, it does obviously say that you're agreeing with this person uh, or you know, that you're liking this comment, but I always encourage my clients to give preference to commenting because that actually helps other people see you as the expert. Where if you just like, then you're just a consumer. You're just saying, yes, I agree. You're, you're kind of like a Swiss. You're just neutral and saying, yes, I agree. But it's important as an expert to express your opinion and, and say, yes, I agree. I don't agree. And here's why. And, or, you know, this is my experience. And so you can build this uh, no like, and trust factor just by commenting other, on other people's stuff. That's that's very true. And I'm glad you brought, brought that up because we didn't highlight it enough. Um, if you're just overwhelmed with having to, uh, you know, generate all this um, content, just start by engaging in other people's conversations. Very true. Yeah. I know that when I have commented on different businesses, because, you know, I'll, I'll use LinkedIn to dig in. I'm like, oh, who should we be going after in this sector? And I'm trying to pay attention. And I use Sales Navigator, which is another... Right amped up thing LinkedIn sells you that you can use, right? But I will go in and I'm, I'm looking at these feeds and what people are saying and I'll make a comment and I'll say something. And I have had time and time again, someone else from that same company then touch base and reach out right. to me and say something because they saw me interacting with something that was really a business piece of content that their coworker was really trying to share. So it completes a circle that's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing because you, you get in front of their eyes and they're yeah. like, hmm, who's this? And then they look at your profile, hence the importance of your yeah. profile. And yeah, it all fits together. Yeah. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really, really appreciate the time that you've provided and the value that you've provided to our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Of course. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I look forward to chatting with you this next week. <laughs>